Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the Baxter Building to the Guild of Calamitous Intent. And everywhere in between, my name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? A lack of understanding as to the second part of your intro, <laughs> which I'm sure I'm going to get filled in real quick. Real quick, yes. Uh, this week, not a huge show, not a bunch of news going on, but we do have enough uh, to keep you occupied for a good episode of podcasting. We're starting off with something that I very, very, very excited about. Steve... He just mentioned less excited just because he's not uh, into it like I am. But if he ever decides to, he will love it just as much as me. We're talking about the Venture Brothers. That's right. The Venture Brothers, a show that's been on Adult Swim since 2000, I want to say. 23 years. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about the Venture Brothers on this show um, because... The last season ended in 2018, which was before we uh, started this podcast. There hasn't been really that much to talk about, unless we talked about it when they announced this movie that they are making for HBO Max. Uh, During the pandemic, The Venture Brothers was a show that was canceled by HBO Max. um, And due to a lot of fan outcry, uh, they recanted and didn't uncancel the show but gave them um a a movie to wrap up storylines um especially because the last season ended in a big cliffhanger so um uh i i didn't forget that this was happening but it's been out of my mind because it has taken so long um and yes you did hear me correctly when i just said that this show has been on the air quote unquote on the air for 23 years and there's only seven seasons of it that's because it's an animated show that is fully Written and created, sometimes animated, 80% voiced by two people, two guys. Doc Hammer, Jackson Public are the creators and just proprietors of the Venture Brothers. Um, And they do, like I just said, 90% of everything themselves. So it takes a long time between seasons. And certainly if they're making a full movie after being told that they were canceled, it's going to take them a while to get that up and running. Um... I guess, Steve, you recently, I mean, right before we started recording, you said that it's not something that you've ever watched, but it does seem like something that you would be interested in. You've heard about the Venture Brothers at least. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's been around the general zeitgeist for long enough that, uh, yeah, I have I have definitely heard of the Venture Brothers. I've been told by numerous people I need to dive into the, the, yeah. the depths, but uh, as with everything, it's on the stack somewhere. Yeah. Yep. There's a whole list of content out there. I can guarantee you and almost anybody listening to this podcast that if you like the stuff that we're talking about, you will absolutely love the Venture Brothers. Steve, are you familiar with a cartoon, not even from our youth, but from maybe our parents' youth (laughs) called Johnny Quest? Are you familiar with the show Johnny Quest cartoon? Yeah. I definitely watched that in syndication as a kid. Of course. The Venture Brothers... For those of you that I know, Johnny Quest is about a young boy named Johnny Quest whose dad and his dad's friends are like super scientist adventurers, right? Mm-hmm. And Johnny goes on these adventures with his father. 
and Doctor. The Venture Brothers is about a guy named Dr. Venture, Thaddeus Rusty Venture, who was that boy whose dad was a super scientist that went on uh, adventures in the 60s and brought his son with along with him. Now, the reason that this is a different show is that it takes the angle of if this happened to a real person in real life and you grew up with a dad who was more concerned with fighting criminals and super science, then your life would be traumatic as hell and you would be uh, scarred from that. And you would be constantly also trying to live up to the live to the legend of your father being the famous super science adventurer. So you would consider yourself to be a failure. And if you have sons of your own, you'd be a terrible father. And those sons are the titular Venture Brothers. So this show is like Johnny Quest meets just a lot of failure. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's like kind of the setup for it. And it's also through that lens, it is a pastiche of not only adventure shows like Johnny Quest, but also all comic book and superhero media, Star Wars, Star Trek, space, science fiction, fantasy, all this kind of stuff. They can... Um, poke fun at it, parody it, while also being right, shooting right down the center of it at all times. Um, it's hilarious. It's super well-written. It is a show that you don't get a whole lot of animated shows, especially shows that are on Adult Swim. You don't get a whole lot of animated shows that uh, progress their characters. Um, like, people die, they don't come back. Uh, people die and the characters have to live with those deaths and they have to move forward. You know, it treats it mm. with a, a, a degree of reality that you don't really see in other shows. So that's anyway, I'm gushing now. But yes, this is that's the Venture Brothers. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite shows, hands down of all time. The trailer that we released that released this week also confirmed the title of this movie. Uh, the movie is called The Venture Brothers colon Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart. I don't know what that means. There's a lot of... All the episodes are uh, titled similarly. Um, and this shows um, uh, everyone's favorite character, Brock Sampson, um, now back with the uh, offices of uh, Secret Intelligence, the OSI, leading some kind of um, raid uh, or you know trying to locate somebody. Uh, they got a blip on their radar and they're trying to track down the body and, spoiler alert, uh, the body is behind a, a dumpster in an alley. They pull a dumpster back, and who is it? Hank Venture himself, one of the titular Venture brothers. Is he dead? Is he sleeping? What's wrong with him? We don't know. We don't know. What's going on with Hank? Is he in trouble? We'll find out in Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart. The uh, log line description for this movie is the Venture Brothers are back in an all-new movie, picking up after the events of the shocking Season 7 finale. A nationwide manhunt for Hank Venture leads to untold dangers and unexpected revelations while the monarch is literally out for Dr. Venture's blood. An imposing evil from the past reemerges to wreak havoc on the Ventures, the Guild, and even the monarch's marriage. It will take friends and foes alike to restore the Ventures' world to order or end it once and for all. So that's that, Steve. I know you can't really comment on it, but I'm incredibly excited for this uh, this movie to wrap up. You know, if the show's going to end, which I'm very sad about the show ending because it's again an incredible show. Um, I, I'm glad that we're getting a film, and I'm very excited that that it's actually happening, and that I will get to wrap up all these 
all the storylines and all the characters that I love. It's an incre- it's a really well written show. Like this, like like you can say about a million other television shows. Season one is the weakest. It kind of has to establish everything, and then once you hit season two, they really start weaving the threads and the yeah. character arcs start taking off, and then you're kind of off to the races there. So. Uh, that's it. I should probably stop talking about the Venture Brothers before this becomes a Venture Brothers um, podcast. Oh, we've had weirder, weirder podcasts. So that's true. That's true. We're not going to talk for two hours about the Venture Brothers. If you would like, if you want to. <laughs> well, give me a give me a couple weeks to catch up on it, and uh, we'll go from there. I got all the seasons. If you need to borrow them, well, they're Actually, all, on, all HBO on HBO still. So that's right. Should be sorry. They're not on HBO Max. They're on Max. Max. Don't get confused. It's called Max, people. Not a dude named Max. The streaming service Max. The streaming service Max. Though there may be some dude out there named Max who's selling Venture Brothers DVDs somewhere. You never know. It's a big world. It's a big world. Um, all right. This is something that uh, we're probably going to, we're going to, again, not spend too much time on this, but Has to like touch the first on, time it yeah. came up, something we need to touch on. Update on the Jonathan Majors situation uh, a few weeks ago. Star of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Creed 3, Lovecraft Country. Jonathan Majors was arrested for um, assault, strangulation and assault of a woman in New York City. Uh, He's going to trial on May 8th, so we'll see what happens then. But a little bit of an update on that whole situation. Um, he was dropped by his management and his PR team this week um, due to uh, I can't remember what the quote was when I read this article. This yeah, was like a week ago, it was it was, like it was a PR ongoing personality conflicts or something like that. Right. Like, but, oh, personal behavior. That's what it was uh, due to his personal behavior. And I don't know if that's a reference to this specific instance or an ongoing pattern. Um, and I say ongoing pattern because also this week, more women have come forward accusing him of abuse. So things are not looking good for Jonathan Majors. He has been dropped from, he has been dropped or he has quote unquote stepped away from a number of projects. There are some that are still on his uh, plate as of right now. One of those so. being continuing as Kang in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it is I a dwindling now, list though. It is a dwindling list, and I, I do not think, I don't think he's going to continue. I think it's over for Jonathan Majors. Um, I'll be curious if they hold out and don't announce anything until after locally, locally, after uh, Loki press tour and all two. that goes on. I think I agree with you, but I also don't because I we don't know when Loki season two is coming out. Here's that is okay. True. Here's it the deal. could be late in the I, year. I guess, I'll, let's put a pin in that. I'm gonna. I'll finish the a couple of yep. points I'm gonna make, and then we'll go back to that, and we can compare. I saw a lot of people on Twitter specifically this past week comparing this situation to the Ezra Miller situation, which, if you think of it, really is not really the same for a number of reasons. Yes, they have both done seemingly. They are accused of doing some deplorable behavior. Um, people are saying. Why is Jonathan Majors catching all this heat when Ezra Miller is still on board to play The Flash? The Flash hasn't come out yet. Warner Brothers has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this movie, and it's not out yet. They're not going to 
fire Ezra Miller before this movie comes out. They're just not. Yeah. And that would have been the same thing with Marvel. If this had happened before Ant-Man came out, same thing. Marvel would have, and I mean, Marvel hasn't said anything now either. Right. But Marvel certainly would have not said anything before Ant-Man came out because they don't want to, uh, they don't want to completely tank the box office of this film, for sure. The other point is that Miller's behavior and their troubles seemingly everything that we've heard everything that's been reported all those all of their behavior stems from personal mental health issues um that is that he's that they are seeking treatment for currently whereas all this evidence amounting against majors is kind of pointing to him just having a long pattern of abuse um towards women which is a different thing it's a it's not a mental health issue it's a uh, a personality issue um so that also the last point which i forgot to put in the notes here but jonathan majors is also an a-list star and ezra miller is not ezra miller is the flash and i think he was in the fantastic beast movies but nobody saw those so like i don't think ezra miller's star is not shining as bright as jonathan majors so like when you when it's a when it's an a-list celebrity all eyes are gonna focus it's gonna be a bigger deal it's gonna be a bigger deal it just is um yeah, were it so were it not for the crazy i don't know if too many people would even know who ezra miller was at this point yeah exactly i 100 percent agree with you um and and i am 90 percent sure that after the flash comes out okay we're gonna get an announcement from warner brothers or from dc from james gunn and ezra is not gonna come back as the flash i do not think i don't think that's gonna happen um I think they're not. I think they're not making that official because, again, they don't want to tank the box office of the film. But I, because one of these is a mental health issue, and one of these seems to be just an abusive person, these two are these are different things. And the the thing that's up in the air right now that you mentioned is Loki season two. Yep. They can't reshoot. I mean, I'd be surprised if they shot reshot recast and reshot whatever his role is in Loki season two. I we I don't know if it's a big role. I haven't read if it's a big part or a small one like it was in Loki season one. I don't know. Um but I don't think especially with Bob Hiker recently coming out and saying like we're gonna keep our eye on these budgets. We're not gonna overspend we're not gonna overspend. I can't see them like recasting and reshooting Loki season two. Maybe that maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth it to them for them to do that. Yeah. It might be. It might be worth it at this point. But um I can't imagine we're going to go too much longer without hearing uh, something from Marvel, whether whether it's Jonathan Majors, Majors has been fired or it's uh, Jonathan Majors and Disney have come to terms and he will amicably step away and Marvel has been a great supporter during this troubled time or some like super, super yeah, PR, PR spin, written yeah. thing. Like, of course he got fired. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like... Jonathan Majors decides to step away. Oh, he decides to step away from a multi-million dollar contract? Yes. No. Jonathan Majors decides to not away. to be a billionaire. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're being told to, and this is PR. So, um... Do you want to ever so get hired again on. somewhere? Okay, then say this. Here's your copy. Exactly. Yeah. You want to go away for 10 years and then come back, you know, Mel Gibson style and just start slowly... In inserting yourself into projects fine still being crazy um yeah exactly yeah well not actually having changed <laughs> your pattern of behavior great um 
I, I mean, I don't, I don't think either of these people should be um, celebrated or, or should be in, uh, should continue to work if they're going to continue to behave like this. Um, but, I, but they are two different. There are two different situations, and those are the reasons why. Um, and that's the update on Jonathan Majors. We'll see. Obviously, you know, this is not something that we're planning on talking about. Like we do a flash watch because it's. We you know it's funny and the flash has been moved so many times. There's been right. so many updates at this point. Movie. It's just a, a period of doing itself. A, exactly. We're not going to do a Jonathan Majors watch because this is a serious, uh, serious issue, and uh, um, you know he's on serious charges here, so mm-hmm. it's not fun to talk about. Um, and I don't want to you know lend too much of my breath to uh, you know an alleged abuser. Yep. So I mean we'll see what happens, um, but. Moving on to somebody, who could moving probably, off of someone who probably, well, are we going to make the same segue? Go for it. Let's see. <laughs> I'll do mine and then you do yours right after. All right. Okay. Moving from somebody who is likely not going to be in the MCU moving forward to someone who probably will be in the MCU moving forward. That was my segue. What was yours? Uh, I was going to go with going from someone who's mildly crazy to someone who could probably play somebody mildly crazy quite well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Both good. Hey. Listeners, uh, write in and, and vote on who had the best segue. It's only taken us two years to figure this segue thing out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Call now. Call now. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know right now. Comment who had the better segue. Limited copies available. Um, Call now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you call now, you get double the double the segue for just the low price of nineteen ninety nine. We're not talking about the scooter. Where Steve and I will just send you a personalized segue. Yeah. <laughs> How do you even do that? Um, just a general segue to use in your real life. Um, I This rumor was all over the internet this week. I heard it from the Hot Mike podcast with Jeff Snyder and John Rocha. Adam Driver. Kylo Ren himself. Adam Driver. According to Jeff Snyder. Has been offered the role of Reed Richards in Marvel's Fantastic Four reboot. He has the offer. He has not declined. He has not accepted. The offer has been made to him. He was interested in playing Reed Richards, having played um, a bad guy for three movies. Kind of wanted to come back um, and play the hero, play a good guy, um, according to this report. And also, Jeff Snyder says that he hears that they are hoping to get Ryan Gosling for Dr. Doom. That one I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard that either until today. I'm dropping on you right now, Steve. Initial thoughts, Ryan Gosling is Dr. Doom. So we had the discussion on the uh, the driver thing offline, and we'll, yes, we'll get to I, that later. I, we, we texted about uh, Adam, yeah. how our things on Adam Driver. I uh, Gosling, I don't know. He's a great actor. He, he is, and he's got the again it's the same thing with driver like if if i get past the aesthetics there's definitely the chops there yeah but i don't know anything i've ever seen ryan gosling do does not scream victor von doom to me (laughs) yeah though i don't know how much i've seen ryan gosling in in the last 10 years outside of la la land and that definitely didn't scream victor von doom No, he's going to be in Barbie. Did you see the trailer for Barbie? I did. That actually looks oh, weirdly man, that looks great. amazing. Yes. <laughs> he looks, he's so funny in that trailer. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that movie. Um, 
What did I see Ryan Gosling in that was amazing recently? Oh, Blade Runner 2049. I rewatched that. Oh, uh, see, I still haven't seen ago. that. I mean, he's not a he's not a villain. No, in that but movie, like it's a great. it's a more serious role than. Yeah, for know. sure. For sure. But that's just a rumor. I mean, both of these are rumors. Um, but Adam Driver as Reed Richards, like, again, we texted about it. But what do you think? Hit me. Have you? No, I has, think have, I think I've come around on that because. Yeah. Like. Like I said, when we were texting, like he's always he's got the chops. I just all I can ever think about is like the the lacrosse flow that he's got going with his hair that he always seems to have. Yeah. yeah. And it's like in my brain, Reed Richards is the crew cut with the silver temples. And like there's a I'm very sure distinct look. And it's like I can't I just mentally can't picture driver in that look. But they're going I'm to sure have to give it to him. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there's no there's no way that he's not going to have the grade. Oh, yeah. like there's no way like the the mcu knowing what i know about the mcu and how they try to make you know updated versions of right. the looks for their characters but close enough that you know who it staying is true and, yep yeah. staying true to the comic book uh being as comic book accurate as possible while uh, while updating their look for a modern audience he's definitely gonna have great temples for sure um and i i agree hopefully uh like a crew cut yeah thing as well um so i'm all in i I think adam driver's great i think he's a great actor i've seen that you know he was great in things like marriage story he's also great obviously i like him as kylo ren as well he's a great bad guy he's he can do a lot of different stuff from what i've seen yeah um so i'm down with this and especially if it's something that he wants to do if he's like you know he's gung-ho about like yeah i want to play a hero right yeah do it and he's got the ability to play uh smart guy like smartest man in the room reed richards that's uh you know crazy asshole that doesn't realize what he's doing as well as like the family man reed richards yes yep so um uh tying this back to the first story we talked about there is a fantastic four analog in the venture brothers Mm. um that is hilarious and i mean spoiler alert the reed richards character goes on to become a villain uh because he's just Spo- super spoiler alert. arrogant go read but, the comics reed richards is a villain yeah, <laughs> yeah. whether he's um, whether he's part of the fantastic four or not is yeah. some of the decisions reed richards makes he's a villain <laughs> yeah and there's a couple of twists on the characters too where like his wife um you know obviously uh, Fantastic Four is married to Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. The uh, character in Venture Brothers can only turn her skin invisible, so she's just this gross. So she turns into glob, muscly looking. Uh, she just looks like muscle, like you can yep. see just muscle tissue. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. gross. And um, the Human Torch uh, version um, don't really get too much time with because anytime his skin touches oxygen he bursts into flame and it is incredibly painful like he is actually on fire like it's not a power he right. is burning so he has to be kept in like some kind of pressurized chamber all the time or he's just screaming in agony <laughs> it's amazing very yeah very fun um uh so yeah that's the uh i almost said star wars rumor because we're about to talk about star wars but um that's the marvel rumor you know i also read i didn't i don't well, know what we didn't get this what's your thoughts on gosling on gosling yeah um i think ryan gosling is a great actor i think that if he is 
I think he only does stuff that he wants to do. Yep. Um, so I think if he signs on to Dr. Doom, he's going to do everything he can to make it, you know, he, he's going to bring it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can see it because uh, canonically, I, I know I grew up Dr. Doom, uh, you know, hiding behind this mask because he, he was horribly scarred or whatever. Or he but thinks he was like, horribly scarred. He thinks he was, but there was like a twist when he just has like one tiny small scar yeah. on his face or whatever. And it's just that he's so super vain mm-hmm. that he can't take it. So, I mean, Ryan Gosling, super hot guy, uh, fits that part for sure. Like if there's going to be a reveal where it's like, oh, you're gorgeous. What do you mean? You're right. hideously, hideously scarred. Um, yeah, and there's been various iterations of how they've portrayed Doom, but like if they did that with the Gosling version, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, um, and I th- I would like because I because Ryan Gosling I think is a is a great actor. I think he's someone that can go toe to toe with Adam Driver. Yeah, um, and I would because I know he's a great actor. I would love to see him as a cackling maniacal ruthless villain because i have never seen him as that mm-hmm. so it makes me I, I would be excited to see ryan gosling as dr doom just because it's so left field of anything i've ever seen him in before right well the other thing too with those two actors is uh, the mcu isn't really known for letting them cook and i think if you True. get those two signed on you need to let them do their thing which yeah. might be a little tough for, uh, you know, for Feige and company. Like there's some rails they want to stay on. And it's like, I know with these two, and you just let them, let them do their thing. And that, that's really like a mistake. I think the MCU is making oh, yeah. is yeah. like, we've talked about it before, how all Marvel movies kind of just look exactly the same unless they're being written, unless they're directed by either Chloe Joe. Uh, <laughs> Chloe Zhao, Ryan Coogler, or James Gunn. Right. And even like Black, Wakanda Forever kind of still looked like a Marvel movie. It looked, it, it would, did come it, back it, to it, more Marvel yeah. Yeah. Um, it looked better, but like Eternals looked great. I, th- I gotta watch Eternals again because I feel like I liked that movie. A lot of people I, hate it. I feel like I, I liked it movie. more than most people. Me too. It wasn't a Which great me, movie, but I thought it was no. fine. But it makes me want to watch it again because I was like, I think I liked it. And like, if I go in now, like it's like rewatching the without your expectations, the star Wars prequel, you know what I mean? Like now my expectations are set. I'm going to go watch it again and be like, Oh no, this is great. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I will, but, um, I would like to, and like, you know, the James Gunn stuff, the guardian stuff is, you know, those do kind of look marvelly, but they feel different, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I, I I don't know. And I, I kind of wish that they would just, let kind of writers and directors do the thing, but they can't really because they're so tied into this continuity yep. now. They've, mil- they've, all... they've made their own bet at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so they can't, they can't write a character that is, that feels drastically different because they know three movies later, that character is going to have to be having a conversation with, you know, the winter soldier <laughs> or whatever. Yep. And they have the tones have to fit. But again, they kind of they, they kind of don't really have to fit. Like I don't care. Like I'll just watch. Like I will understand the team up movie having a different tone than the individual movies. You know, like I'll 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 get that. 
it's fine. Like, you know, you tone down Adam Driver when he meets Captain America in Secret Wars. You know, oh yeah, I get that. It's fine. Well, I'll, look at it. The same guys, same person's playing it. Fine, I'm good to go. But look at it like the books. I mean, look at like Spidey. One day will be with Daredevil. The next, he's on a spaceship with Fantastic Four. Yeah, like, yeah. There. You know what? The thing I just said, I realized. I might be contradicting myself because I just said, I don't care. Like, I know the tone's going to be different. It's fine. It's the same actor. It's fine. But I didn't love uh, the version of Kingpin that we got in Hawkeye. Yeah. I thought that was a little cheesed up a little bit. And I'm setting my expectations pretty low for Born Again. But also, that's, you know what? No, I'll go back on that because I didn't like that because I know he's not going to go back and make season four of the Daredevil Netflix show. Mm-hmm. So that the character from the Netflix show is gone. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if this was like Adam driver is, you know, gritty or more realistic or whatever, a different tone in fantastic four. And then they make him more Marvel-y MCU. when he's over here in secret Wars, hanging out with captain America and captain Marvel, like, okay. And then he goes back to the other thing. Like then that makes more sense to me. If you let them, if you let the different franchises yeah. feel different and then bring them together and find a tone that works for everything great but then they can go back to their own franchises and be a different thing i mean I would that's almost that. how phase one of the mcu kind of worked exactly and most of phase two yeah. i think it wasn't really until like end of phase two into phase three that they started solidifying when really the russos took over when the russo brothers started directing everything or all the team-up movies like okay this is the style now mm-hmm. this is the look this is the feel this is what it's going to be for everything mm-hmm. so I don't know. That was a tangent. Well, maybe we can get back to other sandboxes that they're shaking up with uh, with new ideas. Also from the Hot Mike yeah. podcast. That's right. Uh, but I'm talking about Star Wars. Um, there's a couple things that were said on um, the Hot Mike podcast with Jeff Snyder and John Roca. One of them came from Jeff Snyder saying that the new Jedi Order film that was announced at Star Wars Celebration, starring Daisy Ridley, um, being directed by Charmaine Obey Chinoy. This is the movie that's going to be the next, the next release, the next Star Wars movie that we see, the one that is supposed to hit theaters by December 2025. It's going to be this movie. It's going to be the new Jedi Order movie. What do you think of that, Steve? If they make it not suck, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the gist of it. Like what we've we've gotten all these roadmaps we've talked for literally two hours the other night on this. And it's like, yeah, it, it all boils down to just make it not suck. Like even yeah. I'll, I'll take a you know, I'll take a solid B. Give me a solid oh, B, sure. B plus and I'm great. Yeah doesn't need to be a masterpiece doesn't need to be cinema it needs to be fun it needs to follow in the continuity and it needs to be able to set the stage for whatever the hell they're going to do next yeah um do you think it is a good move or a bad move now i mean it's been there's been time rise of skywalker came out in 2019 right 2019 Yeah. yeah so that movie was not met with great praise so is um, it a bad idea 
to have the next movie we get be more or less a sequel to that movie. Is this like, remember what we were talking about with like House of the Dragons, Game of Thrones? Like, mm-hmm. yo, Game of Thrones sucked at the end. And now who cares about the sequel to something that left a bad taste in our mouth? This is kind of the same thing. Like, I am someone that I enjoy the sequels more than most, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to that realization. Um, but... I, I don't know. So I, I'm fine with it. I right. am fine with it. But somebody like you or somebody like, you know, who hates the sequels, well, Stick, how likely are like they're going to go see it because it's Star Wars most likely. But I mean, I like two is, out of three of the sequels. Oh, OK. OK. It's just the Rise of Skywalker that throws everything okay. the wrong way. But okay. use your use your analogy with Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Like, yeah. And yeah, House, of the, House of the Dragon is the uh, until The Last of Us was the biggest HBO show that has ever been. As far yeah, as viewership. Right. So, True. I mean, there's there's a need for a, a desire for it. I mean, it's it'll be Star Wars on the big screen. It's not going to matter who the hell. Yes, the neckbeards on the Internet are going to do the neckbeard on the Internet thing. Um, yeah. But beyond that, it's, you know, it, it's Star Wars. Star Wars is going right. to Star Wars. Right. Um, I agree with you there. Um, two other bits of information. Uh, that they said on the Hot Mike podcast this week, is that Daisy Ridley, although coming back as Ray, is not the main character. Uh, people are referring to this as like the Ray movie um, because they announced her at Star Wars Celebrations coming back. But um, according to Jeff Snyder, she's not going to be the lead. She's going to be like, uh, you know, she's going to be the Jedi Master mm-hmm. training, but, you know, she's going to be like the Obi-Wan to someone else's Luke, basically. Um which is kind of a bummer because I love Ray. I want her to have her own. So I would have been fine if she was the lead, but I'll take yeah. more of her in any any way we can get. But that's almost Couple- the thing is like, I would love to have seen her as the main character, but timeline wise and all that, it almost makes sense that she's preoccupied or doing yeah. something and else. It's not to say that she won't be the main character of something else. Right. This movie is done well. Or even um, that she's not a a main character in this. It's just it's not a Ray movie. Right. Like she could be a big part of whatever ensemble that they have. But coupling that with this piece of information that came from not Jeff Snyder, but from John Roca, the other host of the Hot Mike podcast, he is reporting that. He has a source and it's usually on this podcast. It's usually Jeff Snyder has all these sources and he, you know, uh, he's a, a newsbreaker, a journalist about movies. He is uh, dropping all these scoops all the time. Um, but this one is from John Roca's sources that John Boyega is not only being heavily pursued to return. And that part of this was confirmed by Jeff Snyder. Yes, they want him to come back. They are pursuing him heavily to come back as Finn. But John Roca on this podcast said that he is going to come back, that that has been decided already. He has yeah. mended mended his fences with Kathleen Kennedy, and he is going to come back and do this. Now, again, this is a rumor. This is a report. This rumor has not been confirmed in any way. Mm-hmm. Is it possible, Steve, that Finn is the main character of this movie and Ray is just teaching him. as we found yeah. out in rise of skywalker that ray or they hinted they never came out and said it frustratingly that finn is force sensitive um 
is it possible that this is his journey to becoming a Jedi, which a lot of people thought the sequels should have been about or at least dealt with more mm. than they did? Too late. Didn't happen. Get over it. Move on. But is that is this movie possibly Finn's journey to becoming a Jedi? Well, Mike, there's something I need to tell you. What's that? <laughs> just the that his line that oh. left it hanging <laughs> that it was like, really? You're just going to leave it there? <laughs> I need um, to tell you about something. Yeah. 20 minutes later, I need to tell you about I something. Still, I still, still got to tell you. Hour later, I still need to tell you about something. Okay, tell me. <laughs> uh, end of the movie. I didn't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you get Boyega back, I'm in. Like, I, I mean, I'm in no matter what. You know that. But, like, I, sure. I, I feel like he, his character needs more development and is a great character and like yeah. could be a perfect cornerstone for this. So yeah, I'm in like to have Ray be Finn's Jedi master. Like you said, what we all wanted. Um, yeah. And you know, to be even, okay. As dumb as it sounds, Give me a Finn and Poe buddy comedy where he's flying, oh. he's flying Finn around on whatever mission they need to do. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me. You know what? I want a Disney Plus series that is a Finn and Poe buddy comedy. <laughs> that would be a better series, I think. Each episode yeah. is a different like. It's bad boys in uh, <laughs> bad boys <Yeah>. in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they think they're the bad boys, but right. they keep like screwing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like things go wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would watch that in a second. Yeah, I would also watch this movie in conjunction with that. Right. Like, I don't want him to not be in this movie. I still want him to be in this movie, but I also want that series. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's just some speculation, uh, yeah. some Star Wars rumors. Hopefully, we'll get some kind of Which confirmation on some of those, more or less. Also means in like a month or two, we'll hear the confirmation that po- or that uh, Oscar Isaac is now in talks to reprise his role. Coming back. Yeah. Hopefully Kelly Marie Tran and get the whole band back together. Disney, if you don't put Kelly Marie Tran in this movie, I am very upset. I'm still going to go see it. But <laughs> people love to complain about the disservice that was done to John Boyega after The Force Awakens. They love to complain about that. But people also love to shit on Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie yeah. Tran who does not deserve any of that bad stuff. She was great in The Last Jedi. She was great in that movie. And she got sidelined like crazy by J.J. in um, The Rise of Skywalker. She deserves deserves her own Disney Plus series. Give me a Rose Tico Disney Plus series. I don't care what it's about. She can be tasing people like crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Her, her Her and Pelimoto. There we go. Pelimoto from the end the Mandalorian. Uh Amy Sedaris' oh, character. Oh man. Oh, that'd be they, funny. They that'd open a mechanic shop. There you go. <laughs> that'd be great. Um that'd be great. So yeah. But yeah, if you're bringing Finn back, bring Rose back too. They don't have to be romantic, whatever. Just bring, just do if you're making if you're making good with John Boyega, you need to make good with Kelly Marie Tran. They, they already made good with Ahmed Best, so You're right. They need to yep. you know, keep keep it going. Yeah, because that's the thing, like, you know, 15 years from now, there's going to be so much love for these sequels and all like the like we like you and I were with the prequels, like these movies are bad. We hate them. But now it's like we get it. It's part of it. 
we begrudgingly you look through it with a kid's lens party. and you're like oh yeah okay cool yeah but like well, the people that, that are the, 20 the super mario movie there yeah. was like a bunch of critical panning and it's like nobody gives a shit about what the critics are saying it's the super mario movie like yeah my yeah. kid loved it's, it it was a nostalgia trip yeah Bravo. did you expect it to be full of depth right <laughs> like no you didn't. It's about like two plumbers that go to a mushroom kingdom. Like, yeah, exactly. what are you expecting, Shakespeare? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the people that are 10, 15 years younger than us who grew up with the prequels who think they're masterpieces. Yeah. You know, they're the, also the ones that hate. A lot of them hate the sequels, but mm -hmm. it's going to be the same thing that happened to us that will happen to them oh, dude, 10, 15 years when, from now. And the, uh, those kids that grew up with the sequels would be like, your, your prequels are dog shit. Our sequels are masterpieces. Right. Like, 15 years from now. Sam and Sebastian are going to be like, what the hell were you guys watching back in the 90s? Yeah, what is no, wrong yeah. with you guys? You're like, what do you mean you don't like Rise of Skywalker? It's the best one. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, God. Kids these dude, days. Get off my lawn. <laughs> there is a kid that exists in this world right now whose favorite movie in the world is, Skywalker, is uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I guarantee you right now. It just is, it just is possible. They're eight. They're an eight-year-old kid. Yeah. But I can confirm whatever. you are not talking to that kid. <laughs> I know I'm not, but maybe, you know, 10 years from now when we're still doing this podcast and we have a guest on, yeah. it'll be that eight-year-old, that formerly eight-year-old kid who's like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker's the best and I'll tell you why. It'll be Rise of Sky Skywalker's version of Broom Boy. Yeah. That one kid. They also need to develop that somewhere. If Broom Boy isn't in this new Jedi Order movie... I'll be furious. That would be great. Because that that's something that I hate about Rise of Skywalker straight up. That they did, they did nothing with that incredible ending of Last Jedi. Yeah. With the broom kid. Mm -hmm. He better be one of Rey's uh, apprentices or students or whatever you're going to call him. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Back off of Star Wars into yep. where no man has gone before. No man has gone before. Certainly not a place where you and I go very often. No, but we were both um, talking about. Uh, oh no, it wasn't with you. Uh, I was, I was singing say, the praises. Uh, no, it was with a uh, uh, good friend of the pod, Adam Karki. We uh, we were discussing Strange New Worlds and how great that oh, is. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I keep hearing that it's great. Yeah, throw that and on the list. Someday. It was well worth uh, well worth the time. All right, I'll have to resubscribe to Paramount Plus. Um, and speaking of Paramount Plus, and speaking of Star Trek, we're talking about Star Trek, ladies and gentlemen, days and gays. Michelle Yeoh, recent Oscar winner uh, for Best Actress in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, one of the greatest movies in the world. She's getting her own we'll talk Star about Trek. That someday. What's that? I said we'll talk about that someday. About Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Yeah, since I finally saw it. That's right. That's right. We should talk about it someday. Maybe we'll, uh, if we finish this podcast before midnight, then maybe we'll maybe. talk about it after we wrap up. Um, Michelle Yeoh is getting her own Star Trek movie on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus original film. Apparently, in 2018, after um, I believe would have been the first season of Star Trek Discovery, um, apparently she was in that show. Again, I don't watch Star Trek Discovery, so I don't know any of these things. But she was uh, had a character in that show named Emperor Philippa... Georgiou, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Trekkies, please yell at me. Please comment. Please tell me that I'm saying that wrong because I know that I am. Anyway, um, back then it was announced that she was going to get a spinoff series based on that character. 
And now Paramount Plus has come out and said, not only is that still happening, but instead of a series, it's going to be an original film um, focused on the uh, Michelle Yeoh's character. And it's being described as Mission Impossible meets Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not sure why you couldn't just say Mission Impossible meets Star Trek, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and if that's what it, uh, that's a cool description, I'm down for Mission Impossible in space for sure, because I love space and I love Mission Impossible. So I'm down. Uh, Paramount Plus also said that they are hoping, hope, hoping, hoping, that's a word. They are hoping that this is the first in a string of uh, original Paramount Plus Star Trek movies to debut on that service. And they're uh, shooting for one film every two years. Hmm. I think that's that's a pretty solid and respectable time frame. Right. It's not like Marvel saying like, yo, we're going to put out four movies a year forever. Mm-hmm. Or when Lucasfilm tried, we're going to do a Star Wars movie a year. And they get burnt out after two years of doing that yeah. or whatever, two a year or whatever. Um, uh, one movie every two years is that's a decent possible. cadence. Yeah, it's decent cadence, and it keeps people from getting uh bored. Yeah, and you know, fed up. So, um, Steve, did you ever watch any of Star Trek Discovery? Do you know anything about this character? I watched by the Yeo? first I season. Um, yeah, I don't remember anything. I remember watching some of the first season. I remember the series being okay at the time wasn't something mm-hmm. that like helped me but i remember I seeing michelle yo in had, it oh cool i think the first season had mixed yeah. reviews from what i remember but okay well good good for michelle yo it's cool that she wins an oscar and she's still willing to come back for star trek you know oh, what yeah. i mean for a direct yep. to streaming service star trek movie and not like ah, no i'm too good for that now i'm not gonna right. do star trek it's like i'm only a list all the time now sorry yeah I also, am I correct in thinking that Michelle Yeoh, maybe it wasn't her, but I think it was. Wasn't she in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as one of the other team of Guardians? In like Stallone's team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't know on that. Let's do a quick you googly on it. Because I don't, I don't, I don't really remember her remember character that? name. What year was that? Uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> one of them, one of them years. Well, yeah, one of them years. I'm probably wrong. Uh, Minions, Rise of Gru, Shang Chi, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Aletta Ugor. Okay. Ogord. Oh, Starhawk. She was right. Starhawk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was right. I'm not crazy. Yeah. You may be crazy, but uh, you weren't wrong. Yeah, uh, you may be right. I may be crazy, but mm. just may be a lunatic that everybody that listens to this podcast is looking for. Um, yeah, so she's going to be in Garden of the Galaxy Volume Three, also, right? Because I, I think, think so. James Gunn has, I think he has said that um, that crew is returning in Volume Three. So cool, cool. Um, I put this under our Star Trek banner, even though it's not a Star Trek uh, announcement, but it might but it as well is. be. But it's not, yeah. but it is. Uh, another Paramount Plus project in development, a Galaxy Quest series is in development at Paramount Plus. If you haven't seen the movie Galaxy Quest and you like um, Star Trek or Star Wars or science fiction uh, shows, 
at all or nerd mm-hmm. culture you should see galaxy quest it's amazing it's hilarious um and just great it knows it knows what it's doing and it pokes all the right kinds of fun at all the right kinds of people and all the right kinds of nerds um tim allen sigourney weaver alan rickman tony shalhoub, tony shalhoub. yep yep um really great cast really funny movie it's a parody basically of um all William Shatner yeah. or like a like a Star Wars or Star Trek crew on the convention circuit um and hoping for you know wishing they could relive their glory days when they were actually celebrities and they get abducted by actual yep. aliens thinking that the aliens think that they're an actual you know crew of uh you know uh, galactic spacefaring space people heroes yeah. yeah exactly um and they are thrown into the situation with the video. It's really great. It's really funny. So check it out. There's a series in development. Apparently, there was a series in development Amazon years ago. Hmm. And that was going to bring back all of those cast members that I just mentioned. And then uh, the unfortunate passing of Alan Rickman threw a wrench into that plan. So there's no word yet. There's no creatives attached to the Galaxy Quest series. There's no word on whether it's a sequel to the movie or it's a new reboot with different cast members. Like, is it a continuation? Is it possible that Tim Allen or Sigourney Weaver could show up? Who knows? Nobody knows. Um, All bets are off as of right now, but a Galaxy Quest series is currently in development Paramount Plus, and uh, that's great, because that is a property that I would love to see continued, for sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> now Got a I couple want to go watch Galaxy uh, Quest again. <laughs> I know, yeah. Anytime I like talk about it, it makes me like, oh, yeah, yeah worth watching I, it's times. been so long i wonder i don't know how well it's hung up or held up i don't know if you've seen it recently i've seen it probably within the past five years and i okay. remember still thinking it was great good five or maybe seven years i don't know i showed it to my wife because she had never seen it and we both thought it was really fun. well up next is something that's been around over 70 years uh 85 to be exact uh, we got a couple, uh, just some DC odds and ends here, some Superman updates, some Sandman updates. And yes, this past week, Superman celebrated his 85th anniversary, 85th anniversary of Action Comics number one, 85 and still flying. And uh, James Gunn took that opportunity, the anniversary of Superman, uh, to announce that he has finished uh, his script for Superman Legacy, and the movie is officially entering pre-production. That means that they're doing costumes, they're doing casting, all that kind of stuff is underway. A um, couple things Gunn said on Twitter. Uh, someone asked him about casting, and he said uh, that they have found some inc- they have some incredible choices. I'm incredibly excited and relieved. Um, so they have gone through auditions, or they have had auditions, and he's current. They're currently looking to choose somebody for Superman. This is a big deal. Like if you get named as the new Superman, man, your career just jumped. Unless you're Henry Cavill who gets named as the new Superman and gets put in two movies and then, uh, sorry, three movies. And then, you know, ostensibly let go. Yeah. (laughs) Shadow banned from Warner Brothers. Um, Assumedly, that will not happen with whoever gets newly appointed as Superman, but I'm, I'll be very excited to see it. I kind of hope it's somebody that I don't know. I hope it's an unknown person yep. that I just think looks like Superman. Great. Um, he is currently um, on the, uh, when I say he, I mean James Gunn, currently on a worldwide press tour for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 
And while he's on this press tour is taking time out of the press tour to watch videos of auditions. So he is still able to be, um, he's going to be so happy. I think when his obligations to guardians focus on one thing, like, yeah, he's got to be just meant doing mental gymnastics back and forth between Superman and guardians and all his other DC stuff that he's shepherding. Like, geez, he needs a nap. Um, he also confirmed on Twitter that Jimmy Olsen, uh, Superman's pal and best friend, Jimmy Olsen will be in the film. That's very exciting for me as well. So those are Superman odds and ends. Got some Sandman updates from Neil Gaiman himself. Confirms that scripts for Sandman Season 2 have been written, although it could be a while before they're officially in production. They have to do, you know, set creation and casting and all that kind of stuff. Same kind of thing that Superman Legacy is in right now. But he also said that the um, used-to-be HBO Max and now Netflix series Dead Boy Detectives... Um, which is the characters Dead Boy Detectives, we talked about them before. They are a spinoff from the Sandman comic books. They are characters that are introduced in those books, uh, spun off into their own series. So when this was in development at HBO Max, it was assumed that that was going to be in the same universe as, you know, Titans or Doom Patrol because a version of those characters showed up in an episode of Doom Patrol, uh, even though they recast those roles. Um, someone asked Neil Gaiman on Twitter, is the Dead Boy Detective series going to be in the Doom Patrol universe, in the Sandman universe, or its own thing? And Neil Gaiman said it's going to be in the Sandman universe. So depending on what they do with Sandman Season 2, I guess it's possible that we could see a crossover between uh, this Dead Boy Detective series and Sandman Season 2, which would be cool because it would be um, fitting for the source material. And that's all I have to say about that, I guess. It's more than I had to say about that, and it seems fun. All right. Uh, I agree. Um, this week in uh, uh, comics, with no real comic news, we couldn't find any big announcements this week, but at your local comic book store this week, you got Action Comics, number 1054, Avengers Beyond, number two, Blade Runner 2039, number four, Blue Beetle Graduation Day, number six. That's the uh, final issue of this uh, Blue Beetle miniseries. Blue Book, number three, Clobberin' Time, number two, Daredevil, number 10, Dead Romans, number two, Detective Comics, number 1071, Doctor Strange, number two, Dungeons and Dragons, Saturday Morning Adventures, number two, Green Arrow, number one, new number one entry point, Green Arrow, very excited about it, Guardians of the Galaxy, Bane of Ballast, or Blastar, am I saying that right, Blastar, yeah, Blastar, right. Number one, Harley Quinn, number 29, Hulk, 14, Invincible Iron Man, number five, Lovesick, number seven, Money Shot Comes Again, number one. That's okay. a not safe for work book. Yeah, if you could guess by the title. Um, it's very funny. I have one issue of it. It's a very funny uh, book, but again, not safe for work. Money Shot comes again. Number one. It's a new series. Plush, number six. Pop Scars, number two. Sereno, number two. Sins of Sinister. Dominion, number one. The aforementioned Star Trek, number seven. Star Wars, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red, number one. Anthology book. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 139. Thor, number 33. The Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number two. Number one was great. And What's the Furthest Place from Here, number 12. Hmm. Woo. Lots coming out this week. All that and more at your local comic book store. Steve, you going to pick up any of these or 
Are you reading anything good? Definitely picking up Black, White, and Red because that is the yeah. Darth Vader version of the... Uh, they have done uh, Black, White, and Blood for a, a Deadpool. bunch of the different... They did Deadpool, they did Wolverine, they did Moon Knight. Um, and DC does it too with um, Batman Black and White, Superman Red and Blue. Yep. I think uh, Wonder Woman was like a Black, White, and Gold that they did, like different color schemes, but like yeah. it's a series that comic uh publishers have done where it's like a a maxi issue with you know six or eight small stories within like an anthology book of just like Mm -hmm. different this will be like different darth vader stories and the color schemes will all be black and white and red there won't be any color in the book other than those three colors which is cool especially for a character like darth vader who you don't really need many other colors um to define right so those three uh four-part miniseries penned by jason aaron who has done great work in the Star Wars universe and solid work all around. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, one, uh, this is from the, the actual StarWars.com article. One Vader quote from the spinoff ranks, am- ranks among the writer's all-time favorite lines. All I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. Wow. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that seems like Vader. Yeah. And it could be sure. his own fear or other fear or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and he wrote Vader down and a bunch of he he does a very good job with Vader. Uh, oh, good. There there is a Peach Momoko cover that uh, or she's doing some of the art in the book too. So oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, definitely looking forward to those. Nice. I think um, Mark Bernardin, uh, who co-hosts Kevin Smith's um, Fat Man Beyond podcast, has a story. A oh, yeah. Story for that. Well, yeah. Uh, and he's a great writer so yeah i'm definitely looking to pick that up yep um as well nice um i'm probably gonna get green arrow number one too because the whole mm, like yeah. dc is doing their whole like dawn of dc thing and this is like a new entry point for that character and i think i feel like dc is really building out their families um where yeah. i mean batman always has his rotating like you know Nightwing, Robin, Red Hood, whoever, you know, like Batgirl, any number of Batgirls, Batwoman, like, uh, but they're really consult. they're really focusing on like the Superman family. And at least for the cover or the promotion material that I've seen from, uh, the Green Arrow book, it seems like they're really focusing on that too. Like he's had a numer- numerous, uh, apprentices, other archers or whatever, plus like Black Canary and all these other characters yeah. that kind of, um, hang out with Green Arrow, so um, it really seems like their DC is kind of focusing on the like the legacy characters, mm-hmm. um, and um, that is appealing to me. How uh, how is did you? I haven't read it, but I picked up the uh, first issue of Unstoppable Doom Patrol just because I had to. Oh, I read it. It was good. Nice. It's really good. Right. They're introducing they introduce two new characters, which I think is um, cool. Especially Doom Patrol, you can get away with weird stuff. There's Beast Girl, not Beast Boy. A beast girl but they didn't really go into it it doesn't seem like she has the ability to turn into other animals like beast boy can but she can trigger animalistic responses in other beings like they can hmm. like she can trigger your flight or fight response basically. okay so that seems yeah just like that's a different take on things it's a different take which is also interesting also And another character, this is not really a spoiler, but another character who is super strong and indestructible, but he needs to be 
uh, he needs to be a jerk in order to activate his power. Like he needs to be mean. He needs to be aggressive. And it, when he starts calming down and treating people nicely is when he gets smaller and loses his strength. So he needs to, I don't remember the character's name, but he needs to be an ass mm -hmm. basically in order to <laughs> access his power. Um, which I think sets up, um, it sets up for conflict for sure. For sure. With a character like that, obviously. Um, cool. Yeah. I, ha I still haven't cracked uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. I keep meaning to do that. A couple but like, just... pages in. Nothing too yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. A couple of pages. Yeah. Didn't really, didn't even get through yeah. the first issue. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I am reading, shout out to my uh, friend and listener of the podcast, Brandon Hall, who um, bought for me as a gift out of nowhere uh alan moore's guide to comic book writing oh um, which is like it's not super long it's like just an s it's like a super long essay but like as far as a book is concerned it doesn't it's not a novel or anything um but it's uh very interesting about halfway through it's very interesting and he kind of spends some time shitting on um modern day <laughs> comic book writing and how it's all the same that sounds and, like uh, the most alan moore thing yeah you could alan moore yeah Exactly. And then just kind of how not to do that, right. how to think differently, how to, you know, think of other things, um, which is cool. So I'm reading that as well. Helen Morgan, um, everything sucks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because he is kind of like, yeah, all this stuff that you're used to is bad. But he's also like, I'm not a genius. I'm not better. Like he's, he does it in a way that is not positioning himself as being better than all these other writers he's just like this is what i yeah. think but i'm not you know don't listen to me if you don't want to listen to me right <laughs> who cares um so yeah i like it a lot thanks brandon um moving on into some one shots to wrap this thing up before it gets too late we got a teaser and a title reveal for the new godzilla and king kong movie that we knew was happening uh it's called godzilla and there's like an x so it's like Godzilla and Kong or just Godzilla Kong? How are we supposed to Godzilla that times next? Kong? Godzilla times Kong equals Orangutan. the new empire. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla Kong, the new empire is the name of the movie. The uh, seemingly teasing a giant orangutan as the villain. The teaser starts with a silhouette of this character on like a throne and like a bunch of bones leads to a skull of a Godzilla skull and a King Kong skull and then shows an up close face of this orangutan being very angry. Um, so I guess it's good. We're going to get two monkeys and a lizard fighting. So there's a catch in here. The orangutan is King Louie from the Jungle Book. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> it just, go, oh, it just starts the, with the, the fire the song. Modern, well, in the modern uh, Jungle Book, yeah. He's a he Gigantopithecus. A, yep. Yes, exactly. Gigantopithecus. Uh, voiced by Christopher Walken. Yeah. So yeah, if it's that exact character and Christopher Walken is going to do a voice, 100% we'll see this movie 10 times in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, picture him busting out the uh, the monkey song from Jungle Book. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, I almost started singing it, but then I was like, oh, wait, then we have to pay. I was that? thinking that, too. I was like, <laughs> it's like I'm not going to mm, sing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seems fun. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I like I like the Monsterverse movies a lot. Some of them are 
honestly, I think, great. And some of them are just dumb fun, and some of them are both. And Godzilla versus Kong, certainly really, really dumb, but very, very fun. And uh, I don't know, because this is a direct sequel to that, it seems like this is also going to be a lot of dumb fun. But it won't stop me from probably seeing it in the theater. Certainly will be watching it at some point in my life. I will watch this movie. You know what's better than two giant uh, creatures? Three. 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 And hey, spoiler alert, you get three at the end of the first Godzilla vs. Kong movie. Because of course, like any uh, like anything else, you know, Civil War, Batman vs. Superman, at some point they have to unite and conquer a bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Which now turns it into, ver- from verses to times. Times Godzilla yeah, multiplied by Kong is yeah. Couldn't you like you could put like an ampersand in there or something like right. Godzilla or slash, slash. Or just Godzilla Kong, just Godzilla Kong. I don't need Kongzilla. Kongs, yeah. Give me his Kongzilla. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, one thing we will get is Spider-Man movies on Disney Plus because mm-hmm. most of them are there now. Uh, the only slackers right. are, I believe, Amazing Spider-Man two and the two latest. Um, Disney movies, Far for Far from Home and No Way Home. Uh, all of the rest, the well, three Raimi movies. Ooh, what's that? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So right now it is the three Raimi movies and the Amazing Spider-Man, Homecoming and Venom will drop on May twelfth, and then it's assumed that other films will follow. I believe this is the first drop from the what is it, two-year hiatus deal that Sony has with Marvel now? Or they reworked yeah, the like, structure of the Spider-Man movies, and this is the first dump that we've gotten. Yeah, it was like two years ago that they... Mm-hmm. Was it two years? Or maybe it was just a year ago. I don't Something remember. like that. It was a yeah. while where they announced that this was going to happen. It yep. just took a long And that was actually yeah, I guess, what I was going to wait to watch Venom. Oh, really? Yeah. Still haven't Have seen Have you Venom. still not seen it? Nope. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, May 12th, that's your that's, day, man. Yep. I was like, I'm not paying for stars. I'm just going to wait. And then, no. yep. Okay. Don't you dare. Here we are. Um. So, yeah, then I guess there's no dates, but like you said, like Far From Home, No Way Home, Let There Be Carnage, Morbius. Like, are all these movies going to show up on Disney Plus at some point? Like, I guess you would think that they would, right? Morbius, um, I got 33 into minutes. Into the Spider-Verse. Though. What's that? 33 minutes. You made it 33 minutes into yep. Morbius? I watched that whole thing, dude. Whole thing. I got sidetracked and then just never went back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the... That's how you can tell you're over something. Yeah. If you if you stop for like... It could be completely out of your hands. It's not your fault. Oh. Phone rang I think or I went whatever. to the you bathroom to, or something. Like it was... Exactly, it was yeah. Like, you had to pause to get someone rang the doorbell, whatever. You had to stop. And then you're like, eh, I'll do this thing. I'm not going to go back thing. to this. Yeah. I'm already, I'm, I'm done with it. I can't imagine not being done with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's over. Yeah. I don't want to be not um, done with it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last uh, one shot for the night is we got a trailer for Sweet Tooth season two. Um, Sweet Tooth is a DC comic series written and drawn by the great Jeff Lemire. We got season one like two years ago. During kind of the height of the pandemic, we were getting yeah. Sweet Tooth season one. Um, they announced season two right when it was over, and I guess it took them a long time to make it or, you know, COVID delays or whatever. But we're back. Season two is coming out, I believe, May the 4th. 
some non-Star Wars content if you're looking for something to watch on May the 4th that is not Star Wars related. Um, nope, that won't happen. Can, uh, it's not going to happen for me. Certainly not. And I know because you and I will be at the same place. On right. The- <laughs> Watching some Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes, I watched this trailer with my wife right before we uh, started recording. It looks great. Uh, it definitely picks up where the first one left off. Um, Sweet Tooth, if you don't remember or you didn't watch the first one, is about a uh, future world in which a sickness has gripped most of the world. A lot of people have died from it. Um, and around the same time that this sickness started, babies started being born that were like hybrid animal human babies, like kids with deer antlers or kids with like a pig nose or on the other opposite of things like kids that look mostly like a beaver but also wear clothes and walk around on their hind legs different levels of uh hybridness um and it's possible that the the hybrid children can possibly maybe they are the cure for the sickness that maybe they have something to do with each other who knows um our main kid whose nickname is sweet tooth is out searching for um his family with the help of uh a grizzled gruff guy that he meets along the way not dissimilar to a show like mandalorian or the last of us um but you know just the kid that has animal parts and uh different situations it's very good i would say like the the series i've read i haven't read the entire series i read a lot of it on the dcu infinite app it's very bleak and it's very dark yeah the series uh, kind of PG 13 it in a way that makes it much more enjoyable. Like it would just be harrowing and unpleasant to watch if it was a direct adaptation of the series. I think um, Netflix uh, adapts it in, in, a, in a way that makes it very palatable, very interesting, um, very fun to watch. I highly recommend Sweet Tooth season one. Um, and I'm very excited about Sweet Tooth season two. And we'll see, like, again, because I haven't read the whole thing, so I don't know what happens at the end. I think we're pretty much where, as far as I know, and we're, we're kind of caught up to what I've read uh, after season one, pretty much. So I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm excited to watch it. And nice. um, Although I will not start watching it on May the 4th, because I'll be too preoccupied with Star Wars content. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're listening... And I guess... Oop. Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to segue into our normal closing. So oh, the normal got more the wrap up stuff. Um, I was going to say we are uh, we're toying with the idea of on May the 4th having a special episode release where Steve and I and possibly a guest will go through our uh, will rank the 11 Star Wars films and um, not debate them, but talk about them, um, you know, and we'll see kind of how our list add up yeah um, I think that'd be some good fun star wars content for may the 4th and actually if you're listening to this uh feel free to submit to us your lists and we'll uh yeah we'll do some sort of uh tallying of what the the listenership's rankings are oh my god please i that is such a good idea steve i love that you didn't tell me that before we started recording but that is a great <laughs> idea and I love it. Yes. If you're hearing this, what that's going to come out on May. I, I guess we don't know when we're going to record that episode. We're going to record it probably before May the 4th, but yep. release it on May the 4th. I'd say you have a week, like get your lists. Like, man, I don't know, maybe a little over a week. But if you're listening to this now, 
send us either via email or through socials rank the star wars films that's the nine saga films and also rogue one and solo that's what we're gonna do right do we want want to acknowledge the clone wars movie or no i can i can acknowledge it i don't i don't know that everyone has seen that one also i've seen it so let's just stick with live action for now all right send us your rankings of the live action star wars films and we will reference them or come up with some kind of average (laughs) and we'll see how in step we were with our listenership yes steve that's a great idea there we go great idea um anything else that you need to talk about did you do anything else nerdy this week or anything no not really very you boring went to a week. lego show today as you mentioned earlier oh yeah yeah that was pretty that nerdy. would that would fall into the nerdy category yeah um yeah nice lego expo had some awesome like nice. awesome displays from you know all of the ips that we talk about um yeah yeah it was it was a good time and my son nice. had a phenomenal time and yeah it was I it was one of those where I wished that my wife was there so that while he was doing his he was obsessed with the builds like they had a bunch of open build areas and I was like we can do this at the house like there's literally (laughs) there's a pile of Legos right there um yeah but he was all about it I was like all right let's roll with it but I was sitting there like I wish I had somebody else here so that I could go and look at the cool stuff that he doesn't quite (laughs) care about yet yeah, that's funny. Yep. That's funny. Um, I saw a movie this oh, weekend. Yeah. I went to see Evil Dead Rise. Oh, how was it? It was good. It was really good. Nice. Uh, it was great. I'll say it was great. It was a little jarring that it does not take place in a cabin in the woods right. like most Evil Dead movies do. This takes place in a high-rise apartment building in a city. Um, but there was definitely enough familiarity as far as style or approach or like references to the other movies that made it definitely feel like an evil dead movie and yeah it's just gruesome and super bloody and over the top and gross and i was gonna say was it was it ramified enough for not being a ramey film yeah for sure okay yeah it didn't like it might be it might be my least favorite evil dead movie but that's also a high bar to hit yeah, but it's still like it's still great. Yeah. Like it's like, like it's like a three and a half, four star movie right. <laughs> for me. Like I mean, I love the Evil Dead movies, but there's not a bad one. Like there's, I don't think there's any bad Evil Dead content. There's now I still haven't seen Ash original. But... Well, I have, and yeah. it's great. Nice. So I'll tell you right there. So now we got like what five Evil Dead movies and three seasons of a show. They just put out a video game I haven't played, but I heard it's great. So like. Evil Dead, firing on all cylinders. And because I was in like a mood for Evil Dead, I, l- I looked up a couple podcasts of the people talking about Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, like the kind of history yeah. of them or whatever, how they came. And I started connecting some dots myself. Okay. And I'll say this. This is the a thought that uh, will end the podcast on this thought. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and their partner Robert Tappert or Toppert, I think is his name. Yeah. He's the producing partner. They make Evil Dead, the original The Evil Dead. They made, it was like a horror movie, like we know we can make this made and we know we can make this movie to prove to other people that we can make movies, right? This is a horror movie. People make horror movies for a little amount of money. And The Evil Dead is an incredible movie. It's You can tell it's low budget, but sometimes you can't tell it's low budget. It's like the yeah. definition of 
stretching the bu- like making a movie that looks looks more expensive than it is like mm-hmm. the prime example right so then like whatever movie they make after evil dead like bombs like it's like a called crime wave is the name of it like it doesn't do good at all so they're like okay we need to make some money we need to make some money for somebody we need to show somebody that we are good filmmakers and we need to make somebody money what can we do to make money let's make a sequel to evil dead our cult film let's make evil dead 2 so they make evil dead 2 and it's like one an incredible film <laughs> if you've never seen it. it's amazing but also like it's a moderate success at the box office and it blows up huge on like video like they make their money back crazily on video and f- because of evil dead 2's cult success makes its money back sam raimi is sam raimi like off to the races he's getting jobs he's making movie he makes whatever you know besides army of darkness he makes quick and the dead simple plan like all these other you know dark man all these other films and eventually forgot dark man because of all that is hired to make Mm spider-man in 2000 or whatever right and one of these podcasts mentioned that i didn't know this he didn't know he was chosen to direct Spider-Man until he read it in Variety. Like, <laughs> that's great. no one told him. He he's like, oh, it's me. Like he went, he took the meeting for Spider-Man, thinking that it's like they're interviewing me because I'm like the nerd guy, I'm the evil dead guy. They're interviewing me for clout with the fans to show that they did, and they're going to give it mm-hmm. to somebody else. They gave it to him. So, Spider-Man historically like yes blade had come out x-men had come out of course like we had the batman movies we had the superman movie we're we're into the late 90s early 2000s we get blade it's great we get x-men it's great spider-man is amazing and it's like it blows up culturally to the point where i think spider-man is what gives us our modern day obsession with superhero movie without the success of sam raimi spider-man movie we would we would have kept getting because like x-men was good like they were proving that they were good Mm -hmm. you know but spider-man was like the first cultural phenomenon right of like superman i would say superhero film yeah i would say that sent it into the the this this could be a thing and then dark knight rises cemented it the Dark Knight, you mean? Or The Dark Knight, yeah, sorry. Yes, um, yeah, The Dark Knight was like, yeah, it can also be this. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's this, like, fun goofiness. Well, it can also be this mm-hmm. incredible tragedy, yep. you know, at the same time. Um, so all all of that history and story to say that it delights me to my core to think that without Evil Dead 2, yep. we don't get the MCU. Yeah. That Evil Dead 2 is the reason that we get any of this modern day golden age heyday of superheroes that we are currently living in. And then Sam Raimi comes back and directs Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my little Evil Dead loving heart, when I put that (laughs) together, I was like, it's really because of this movie that I love. Oh, I it can, gives me all these other movies. I, I can picture you going like full Pepe Sylvia. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. this is going. Oh, we're connecting this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yarn on, a, <laughs> yeah. yarn on a board connecting newspaper clippings. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Evil Dead Rise is really great. If you like horror, 
and you're uh you're not squeamish nice. <laughs> you should go see it it's great yeah it's a I've, lot of fun. I, I've heard it's uh yeah go one of those we, i went i went with our our mutual friend dave Pawinski, another evil dead fan horror mm-hmm. fan and we both were talking about it. We're like, we're just excited to see this on opening weekend in a theater of other people that want to see this movie on opening weekend. Right. Like uh, seeing like a, a a shock, explosive, evil dead movie, horror movie on an opening weekend in a crowded theater is mm-hmm. just wild. Like the audience is like reacting viscerally and it's just right. so much. Fun. It's just so much fun. And that's what this was. It was great. Perfect. Yeah. But well, now that is all I have to say. Do you have anything else to add to this week's episode? No, but uh, if you would like to hear more from Mike spinning yarns about Evil Dead and how it connects to the rest <laughs> of life, uh, feel free to give us a uh, like, a subscription, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave <laughs> us a review, comment on YouTube, and uh, check us out on the socials, themultiversereport.com, multiversereport at gmail.com, the Multiverse Report on all the socials, and Multiverse RPT on Twitter. I am going to start my own podcast called Six Degrees of Evil Dead 2, and I will connect any event in your life to the existence of Evil Dead 2. Amazing. Um, that would That's be going to be a new also, recurring segment on the, on the show. Yeah, yes, please. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Send us your rankings of the 11 live-action Star Wars films. I know we just came up with the idea. I'm just hammering it home right now. While, while you're going to iTunes, after you leave us a five-star review, after you're sending us an email, after you're checking out multiversereport.com or following us on all those socials, send us your rankings. We and we'll take them in any of those formats: email, yeah, website, comment. Uh, we'll check all our socials, you know, before send us a comment, whatever YouTube comment, any of that. Yeah. Hey, just rank them, rank them. Some Let of us you know just you text us. It's easy enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our <laughs> friends just text us your eleven movie ranking and um you'll hear what we have to say about that on may the 4th absolutely so um i guess that's it so until next time thanks for watching and thanks for listening and we will see you in the multiverse